Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. All right. It's mission, mission time for your church. It's wonderful you even have a focus on mission. Wonderful. Now, mission can be here, can't it? Or it can be there or it can be anywhere. It can be anywhere in the world. And I'm going to just share a little bit. Can I have the... Michael, can you make sure that's up for me, my sermon? Um, yeah. We all know the Great Commission. The thing is, are we doing it? It doesn't matter where you are, you need to be doing the Great Commission because we are Jesus' ambassadors. If we are really real for Jesus, we have to find ways to share our faith. We have to find ways to sow into ministries where the gospel is preached. We have to find a way to do this. So you will receive power with the Holy, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We have to sit at the feet of Jesus and get His power. We have to sit and pray and worship and receive the power from God to be His witnesses. I have a son, Andrew. He's just a crazy evangelist. He's just in love with Jesus. He actually believes that everybody's going to hell unless they find Jesus Christ. And so because he actually believes that, he will talk to the person who comes into the restaurant and serves them. He will talk to the jogger jogging past when the Holy Spirit tells him to. He'll talk to the person next to him on the train. He'll talk to the person in the park. He'll talk to everybody about Jesus. He just starts if with, did you know that Jesus loves you? And it's amazing how open Australians are to the Gospel. People are without hope and they're without joy. They're anxious. They're going to the psychologists and the psychiatrists and the, having anxiety medication. And, and I think I would be too if I didn't know Jesus. Even some of us, when you know, some people, I'm not saying those things aren't beneficial to us. There may be times in our life when we need some of that medical help. But we actually must look to Jesus because where does our help come? Our help comes from the Lord. In generations past and in Indonesia, they don't have the psychologists in our area. There's, there's one psychologist, but um, hardly anybody gets to see that one person. But um, in generations past, they went to the Lord. There's a church in every village and you sought your strength and your help from God. And God created us and God knows us and our help must come from God. Our healing from trauma must come from God. Our healing from pain must come from God. I can't stress it enough. We have swapped psychology and medication and mental health care for God. It doesn't mean we don't need that. I'm, I'm a nurse. I'm not anti that. But we must foremost look to God. If we do not sit in God's presence, if we do not seek God, we cannot be whole. He is the one that brings wholeness and joy to our life, even in the midst of struggles. It says in the Bible that we're groaning. Yeah, We're groaning um, because we're suffering, because Satan is let loose in this world at this moment. One day God will stop that. But right now Satan is let loose and all sorts of bad things happen. And bad things happen to good people and we have to have God. So we must remember to sit at the feet of Jesus. Some people say to me, how do you get through stuff? Because there's some really stuff tough I face. It's only worship and prayer. 
and looking to God. I couldn't even get up here this morning if I didn't pray. If I didn't have strength of other people praying for me and me praying, I can tell you today I would not be standing here because my strength is in the Lord. It's not in myself. Next one. This is our message. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is our message. People do need to repent. People do sin. People do need to be baptised and they need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we won't get through. Now, I have um, some of my family members who aren't following Jesus right now. Now, those ones that aren't following Jesus, I don't lecture them about their sin. I just say God's got so much better for you. Yeah? God has got better for them. But it's the same with everybody around us. Everybody who's stuck in sin, who's not living with Jesus, God has got so much better for them. If only they would come to God and release um, forgiveness to others and release like their ability to, yeah, Seek God. Instead of turning against God, if they can turn to God, things are going to be a whole lot better. Next one. There's several things that I've seen. I'm 60 now, but I can tell you I still feel like 20. Yeah. And I want to be absolutely everywhere. I want to be, I seriously want to be with the homeless in America. If you've seen the homeless in America, it's unbelievable. They're everywhere. I want to be with the drug addict. I want to be with the people that are tormented at night and are on the streets of Adelaide. I've been out to to the streets of Adelaide with your youth and I would like to be there tonight and every other night. I wish I had five lives. I want to be in India. I seriously want to be in India because there's so, so many kids in India that need a mother. Are you heartbroken for the world? I'm heartbroken for the world. I'm heartbroken for everybody in pain. I'm heartbroken for everybody who hasn't got God's best. And I'm heartbroken for everybody who dies without Jesus and without hope. And they're all around you. They're in other countries. They're everywhere you can walk. Are you doing anything? You know, we we can um, build our house. I wanted a farm. I really wanted a farm when I was in my 20s and I married a beautiful farmer's son who's not a farmer and I wanted a farm. And you know, I was gonna buy some land down at Warrigal with my husband who's an accountant. We had the money to, to do that if he worked as an accountant in Australia. But if he didn't work as an accountant to, in Australia and he chose to go to Indonesia, we couldn't make those payments. I had to decide, will I be stuck in Warrigal, paying off the farm, or will I go to Indonesia? And so we decided, no, we can't buy that farm. But God has provided for us. You know, we did get a house and everything. We, we're very blessed. But um, maybe there's something you have to give up. And this verse is wonderful. The Spirit you received, it does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. We are the children of God. We must not live by fear. I once had someone in Indonesia say, I've been offered $30,000 to get you out of the country. I'm like, whatever. He said, but aren't you afraid? Nope. Aren't you afraid deep in here? No. 
I'm not afraid. Why, why aren't you afraid? I don't live by fear. I didn't come to Indonesia fearful. I came to Indonesia because God called me to come. I will not live by fear. So that man, we actually won his heart. He, he came to our property and would have tea and, and stuff. And he said he's never seen such love anywhere in Indonesia that he saw at Hohidiai. And he was not of our faith. So that was like incredible. But yeah, I'm not going to live by fear. I'm never going to live by fear. And I will face whatever I have to face. And some things I've had to face are not nice. But I will not give in. I will not not face what God wants me to do. Next one. The second one that holds us back is our mar- can be our marriage partner. There may be something that we have to do. It might be something here in Australia. Maybe you're, you're called to be a chaplain in the school or you're called to do some job where God's going to use you mightily, but somehow your partner doesn't want that. They want more money or they want something. I just want to say to the youth, be very careful who you marry. You must marry someone who's in love with Jesus. Now, I appreciate that sometimes we can't go because there's something happening or we can't do something because we've got to care for our parents or we have a handicapped child or we've got cancer, we have to have treatment. Or There may be things that stop you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a partner that's not in love with Jesus. When I was... Um, Young, my mother said, you must marry a Christian. Yeah, I know I have to marry a Christian. It was unthinkable for me not to marry a Christian. My mother never said to me, marry a Christian who's full on for Jesus. Marry a Christian who will die to self. Marry a Christian who'll just say, yes, whatever Jesus asks. She didn't tell me that. But fortunately, God knew what was His plan for me and gave me Peter. Sometimes my husband once said to me, you know what? You're just a single who happens to be married. (laughs) I don't think that's a very good thing. But you know what? But he said it as a joke and he was smiling and he's okay. My husband's very sacrificial and he, anything for Jesus. So even though he has to sacrifice not being with me right now, anything for Jesus. My husband's just had his, I said his third or his fourth miracle. He's just been healed from Parkinson's recently. He's all, yes, amen. It's his fourth. He's also been healed from pulmonary fibrosis. It was on the x-ray and then it wasn't. He's also been healed from chronic fatigue and stuff. And that was in one day. And he's been healed from a terrible back that caused him pain for 12 years. He's a walking miracle. And he's certainly not going to hold me back from doing what God wants me to do. And he also, you know, wants to be obedient to God. So just make sure if you're young that you've got God's person for you and that you're going to do life together for Jesus, whatever that means and whatever cost that takes. Next one. The next one, you know, we can be selfish. I can be selfish. We don't want to do something outside of our comfort zone or we don't want to give up something because we don't want to. Yeah, we're thinking of ourselves. The Christian life is not a life where I'll do what makes me happy. Today, it's very much the thing, you know, what makes you happy? What makes you, you know, self-care? We do have to do self-care. We can't run ourselves to the ground. But it's not all about us. It's all about Jesus, yeah? So we've got to 
die to self. It's the opposite to the world. The way we live is the opposite to the world. The world says care for self. We say live for Jesus. Yeah, it's the opposite. Find your happiness. We find our happiness in the will of God. Yeah, so we, we've got to die to self. Next one. Sometimes we're just embarrassed or we're not bold. Like seriously, my son Andrew, I've never seen anyone so bold for the gospel as him. And he, he makes me want to be bold. The other day we were walking up a pathway in a, in a um, rainforest and there was a guy just sort of crawling, almost not crawling, but holding onto the banister in agony with back pain. And I said to him, are you okay or something? He said, I've got terrible back pain. And I thought of Andrew. See, when we do amazing things, we, or, you know, follow God wholeheartedly, other people follow. So I'm like, "Mm, if Andrew was here, he'd pray for this guy. This is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. Why? I've got Jesus. So I'm like, "Mm, okay, go and pray for that guy. All right. So I went up to him and I said, I want to pray for your back pain. His name is Stefan. If you think of it, send, ask God to heal him. I don't know if he's healed or not, but I went and I prayed for Stefan. He let me pray for him. He wasn't healed instantly, but you know, sometimes you wake up the next morning and then your healing comes. So I said to him, maybe you'll wake up tomorrow and you'll be healed. And the thing is, I prayed for him. What have I lost? So we've got to be bold. We've got to exercise boldness. Next one. I was at Hohidiai, some of you may have heard this story. And on a Saturday, I like to be down in my garden. I don't um, want to be sociable. I want to go in my garden and just be with my garden and all the dirt and everything. Anyway, I was down there one day and I hear the phone. I can hear the phone in my garden from my house. And then I hear a voice called our mum, there's someone from the mine, can you come and and take them around. I call back up. No, well one can do it. He speaks English. I'm in my garden. But mum, we think you should do it. Okay. So I go up. I change my shirt. I wash my hands. I go up and there's a guy there. He's an electrician in the mine. With a big beard and, you know, it's fairly, um, probably a little rough, you know. I'm like, show him round. And then he stands in front of me and he says, so... Why do you do this? I looked at him and I thought, I'll just say, I like to to care for people because I'm a nurse in Australia. There's lots of nurses over here. There's not, I can do nursing here. I like to say, maybe I'll just say, I just like to help people. And then I thought, and I looked at him and I said, Jesus. I do it because of Jesus. And I want people to know the love of Jesus. I love Jesus and I want them to know the love of Jesus. He's like, okay, thanks. Off he goes. That afternoon, we got an email from him. He said, I was a Baptist pastor 30 years ago. I got bitter with the church and I left God. And I today have seen Jesus Christ alive and well in the jungles of Indonesia and I'm coming back. My faith has been restored. And I was, felt rebuked, yeah, like what if I'd missed that? His family was praying for him for 30 years. His wife wrote to us and thanked us. And, and I'm like, wow, I nearly missed it. Why? Because of embarrassment. Why am I embarrassed about the gospel of Christ? It's the best news ever. Why am I embarrassed about the name of Jesus? It's the best thing ever. Anyone can ever have. There's nothing more valuable. So I, I'm so grateful that that day, Holy Spirit went through my life. 
And his joined the Long Riders Bicycle Club, uh, Motorcycle Club, Bike Club, in WA. And here he is baptising a hardened criminal. So Hohidiai has reached all the way over to WA um, to bless this man and others. So, yeah, I just want to say be bold. Be bold to share the gospel. I heard another story of a girl. She was in school with a friend who was a Christian. And, you know, she was with that Christian for three years and that Christian never asked her to church, never asked her to anything. In year 12, she said, you haven't asked me. I've been waiting for three years for you to ask me to church. I'm asking myself, can I come to church with you? We think people don't want it, but they want it. They don't have, it, have what they need. They don't have Jesus. They want Jesus. If we'll just show them Jesus in the right and loving way. Pour yourself out. Pour your money into the people around you. Pour your love into the people around you. And pour your life into the people around you that aren't Christians. But also your Christian brothers and sisters too, yeah? They need lots of love and servant-heartedness. I, I've been incredibly blessed to be at the Gares this weekend. Not this weekend, this week. The Gares are incredible friends to me. They pick up pieces all over the place where I fall. So I've been too busy and I've had too much to do and they've picked up all my pieces everywhere I go. They're just like, can I take somebody? Can I do that? Can I, you know, they just have served me. We're here to serve. And as I serve others, they served me. We're very grateful to all our hosts for all the people that have cared for us all along the way across Australia. We've been incredibly blessed and our hosts have been blessed by the faith of the Indonesian guys and the love of the Indonesian guys. Indonesians are very warm, very community, very wanna, you know, uh, make you feel like family. And they've also felt very like family in the homes they've been in, so we're grateful. But today I, I really wanna challenge you about what's happening in your life, what's holding you back from being 100% for Jesus, not 99, not 80, 100%. Do you know in America, there was a survey. If God called you to mission and you knew you were called to mission, it was you knew absolutely clearly He'd spoken to you, would you go? Out of that, 50% said maybe, 35 or something said no. Or 50% no, 35% said maybe, I can't remember, but it came down to 5% said, if I knew God had a calling on my life, I would go. The other 95% didn't, didn't go, weren't willing to go. So, you know, you have to wonder who are the fair dinkum ones. It might not be that you have to go on mission. I'm not saying everybody has to, but whatever God's asking of you, does He want you to give up something? There was a pastor who supported Hohidiai. He had a really beautiful house outside outside of, in Alaska, outside in, amongst all the trees with, you know, a couple acres or whatever. He moved into like a housing commission. He sold everything he had. He put his boat, his caravan, everything out and he sold it all. And he moved into a small housing commission area and he serves Indonesia till today looking for money for us because God asked him to. If God asks you to do, to do something, do it because it's, you know, our life is going as I say, I'm 60. I'm very aware that my physical health may deteriorate, but I'm going to try really hard not to. I'm going to do, ex I do do exercise. I try to stay fit because I want to use my days for Jesus. 
I'm very aware that I only have a certain number of days left. If you had $100 today, you were never gonna get more money. What would you do with the $100? You'd probably think, mm, I'll buy some seeds. I might buy a pair of chickens. Like I have to eat, right? I might, um, yeah, I don't know what else you'd do with that $100, but you'd be very careful because you're not gonna get any more. We're all heading towards death, which is okay for us because we know it's eternity. We know it's Jesus. Francis Chan has that illustration that I love to talk about with a rope, a very long rope. A little bit is dipped in paint and that's blood. Not blood, it's dipped in red paint. But that's like our life here. Our life here is like that little bit of red paint on that rope. And eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. What are we doing with this little bit? It's like that $100. What are we doing with it? It's going. It's going for me. It's going for you. Whether you're young, whether you're old, our life is short. You think it's long when you're young. You don't know. I had um, one staff member, she was in the morning, was in our clinic healthy. By the afternoon, she had cerebral malaria and was close to death. She actually pulled through. But I couldn't believe it that she was nursing patients in the morning. In the afternoon, she was uh, incomprehensible. Like she couldn't comprehend, like, not, no, that's not the way, incoherent. She couldn't speak. We don't know when our life will go, but we know it's for Jesus. Now, living 100% for Jesus is going to be incredibly awesome and incredibly hard. We don't walk the easy life. The Bible doesn't promise us an easy life. So I'm challenging you this morning to be sold out for Jesus. When I was like 10, I heard the Gospel story. I'm a very compassionate person a very empathetic person. It causes me a lot of pain because I feel everybody's pain. I feel the pain of these guys. Some of the stuff they've been through, I feel it acutely. I feel everything. It's incredibly painful to have empathy. Without empathy though, we're not driven to act. I feel the pain of everybody who's trafficked. I don't know their pain, but I feel pain because of it. I feel pain at everyone who doesn't know Jesus and who's gonna, don't, doesn't know how to face death. Death's not a nice thing. If we think about death, we don't like it. We've got to go alone. We can't take our friends with us. We can't take anything with us. There was a man in Helmahera, he owned so much. He had a big, big farm. When he called his cows, they just kept coming and coming and coming. And I couldn't believe where all these cows came from. And he had road equipment. He owned a supermarket in town. One day, one night at nine o'clock, he was only about 50, he got up, he took a phone call and dropped dead. Now he couldn't take anything, he couldn't take his clothes on his body and yet he owned everything that you could wanna own and he could take nothing. And we're all heading to that and we'll take nothing. It's only because we know that Holy Spirit will be with us when we die that we can have peace. Um, I've nursed people dying. I've nursed people terrified dying because they don't know Jesus. I remember my dad saying to me, I'm not worried about dying. I said, why is that dad? And he said, well, I remember when your auntie died, I came into the room and I could feel the presence of God. I could feel the Holy Spirit. I could feel that it was okay that God was taking her. I was like, wow, cool. So he's like, I know it'll be the same for me. I'm like, okay, dad. 
you know, and um, I'm sure that we who believe in Jesus have way more peace about this whole death thing that's coming to all of us. We spend our whole life sort of avoiding it. We want to stay healthy and we try to do the right thing, but we can't avoid it. We try to avoid what's coming. The main thing is use your days well and then on the other side, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be with Jesus. There's not going to be tears. It's going to be so beautiful and it's real. I know it's real. I've seen my husband healed four times. I know Jesus is real. He's as real to me as you are. And I'm going to live sold out for Him. When I heard what He went through for me on the cross as a child, that He was crucified, that He was beaten, they stuck a crown of thorns on His head. It wasn't like the coronation we've just seen, golden, beautiful things. He had a crown of thorns and He did it for you and He did it for me. And so I made that the commitment at that time, there's nothing I won't do for Jesus. When I was a young child, I'd have Bible studies in my backyard and I'd tell people about hell and heaven. Even in, you know, in primary school, I was doing that. I had my little group of friends and I had Bible studies. I used the Navigator Bible studies. Some of those are still working with Jesus today. You're never too young to share the gospel. Don't, if you're like 10 or whatever, you can be doing Bible studies with your friends. Why not? They need Jesus. So that's my challenge today. I challenge you all to be sold out for God. I don't know what that means for you. For me, it means where I am right now, I believe in Indonesia. And it means to get through the difficulties that I face. For you, it might be something else. And God may call you to something that you think is simple, like more simple, like, not going overseas or being at home with a family member who's desperately needs your care. But whatever it is, do what God's asking. Yeah. And we would like to minister to you today after we've done a couple more worship songs. We would love to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, you are so missing out. There's nothing better than Jesus. There's nothing better than the joy of worship and loving God. And we'd love to help you come to know Jesus. If you do know Jesus, but you think I actually, I really wanna be more committed and I really want to share the gospel in my community, in my workplace, in my school, we can just pray for you, that God will strengthen you, that God will hold that resolve in your life. If you've got a call to mission, we'll pray for you with that, whether it's Indonesia or anywhere in the world, like it's a king, big kingdom thing, yeah? We've gotta go where God's asking us. If you want to come visit us, we'd love to have you. But we as a team would like to pray for you. These guys love to pray for people. They're beautiful when they pray for people. So you can come up afterwards to the front here and we'll pray for you. But first of all, we want to worship together with you. The great God that we serve, that gives us everything. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful place. What a beautiful God. I praise God for your leadership in Dave. He's beautiful, yeah. And Ben. And I don't know who else is in leadership here, but I know there's some more of you. And um, I just pray God's blessing on this place. And we want to sing with you just one more time. Two more songs, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving.
We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.